All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have a very special guest who's been a friend of mine for a long time. He is the ring announcer for the UFC, the voice of the octagon, Bruce Buffer, um, a man who not only has announced all my fights in the UFC and given me the big fist bump, but he's also been a guy who's sat across the table from me. I can't even tell you countless times playing poker. We've played tournaments, the World Series of Poker, WPT, um, online poker together we, we were with full tilt poker and played online poker for a long time together we uh you know t- cash games so he's my poker buddy uh haven't talked to him in a long time a really long time uh in depth so this is going to be a great conversation for me hopefully for you as well so let's get started bruce buffer welcome to the show hey mike long time no see buddy it has been a That's long for sure. <laughs> long time man we've been so busy i know you have been keeping a crazy schedule and then obviously i'm in thailand that doesn't help <laughs> yeah well you know it's uh you're in god's country or whatever you want to call it i gotta get there one of these days all i ever say is i gotta get over there yeah and i know you'll take great care of me when i get there i'm sure it's incredible uh, absolutely for def- definitely sure um you know it, it yeah it's weird because when we were when i was in the ufc you know, we saw each other in the octagon, you announced me, we did our fist bump, and then we were playing poker like every weekend or, you know, at least at least a couple times <laughs> yeah. a month. So we're doing cash games, we're doing the World Series of Poker, we're doing tournaments, we're doing online play, we're doing cash games. So it's weird that like, yeah, once I got out of the UFC, it was like I just came over to Thailand, I lost track of so many people. And so it's going to be great to catch up with you today and, and see how everything's going. Yeah, no, it's, I, I agree with you on all of the above. And it's funny, you know, when you think about all the stuff we used to do together, and if we were on the road now, we won't be able to do any of that stuff together. Right. You know, we'll be online calling each other from our hotel rooms while we're quarantined <laughs> after being COVID tested for 24 hours, you know. That's pretty much what life on the road is like. Yeah, how is that going for you with this whole pandemic and, and the coronavirus? Well, you know, first off, I hope you're safe and sane, family, everybody. Um, we're safe and sane here. So far, so good. For me... I've taken this whole attitude to get in the best mental and physical conditioning and shape that I can. I've lost like over 20 pounds, not that I needed to, and got my six pack back. I mean, I'm out there training every day and I'm just getting ready for when the doors open up uh, to get out and be stronger and more powerful than ever. But strangely enough, as much as my heart goes out to everybody who's not working or suffering because of this, whether it's they get sick or uh, prosperity wise, you know, all that, all the above that can happen. It's been actually one of the busiest periods of my life business-wise. Wow. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, the UFC came back into focus. And, you know, it's kind of a twilight zone existence when you really look at it. It's We're writing history as we go along. But we've got to embrace it and make the best out of it, you know, the yeah. best we can. And that's what I'm trying to do. And um, the business that we're creating here and uh, going along is just going to explode even bigger once we come out of this. But I'm, I'm sorry to say it might not be for six to 12 months. Yeah. You know, we're really in some deep stuff here. Yeah, I want to definitely get into some of that stuff you're working on right now. Um, did, have you heard about this new thing with the hydroxychloroquine and zinc and uh, Zithromax? And, and do you think that might be an option to, to end this thing sooner? Or, or how do you see this thing playing out? Do we have to wait for the vaccine and the cure and all that? Well, you know, everybody's in a mad dash and a mad rush, you know, right. for a couple reasons. Obviously, to benefit and help everybody that's suffering or going to suffer. B, money. Yeah, of course. C, re-election you know all this kind of stuff there's a lot so i was just watching i was just watching the president talk about it and there's all this controversy going back and forth and some statements being made or misleading um tweets being deleted because of misleading information you know the usual everyday what is happening in our white house today type activity but zithromax we know is a uh it helps with um i i want to say viral infections or 
uh, it's an antibiotic. It's a very common used yep. antibiotic. Yep. And the other item, and I think from what I just heard on the TV that what it can do is it can help reduce some of the symptoms when you do get it, but it's not going to prevent you from getting it. Okay. And I think the biggest thing that everybody should concentrate on is, yeah, if you're compromised in some way, I mean, I'm 63. Okay. So I'm in that age group, but I'm probably in better shape than most 30 year olds, both inside and out the way I take care of myself. At least I think I am. I can't hide the fact that I'm you 63. are. Yeah, for sure. You, you know? are, man. Yeah. The joint, you know, the, you know, the routine, Mike, we get up in the morning. It's like North Dallas 40. What's going to hurt today? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's about having a healthy immune system. It's about being healthy and doing the best you can. So God forbid you do get this, you can fight it. And, you know, people say it's over 60 and people are compromised. But if you look on TV every day, I mean, my friend had a 44-year-old fireman. Peak condition, Mike. Ninja warrior condition. Caught COVID and died last week. Really? No one, no, no one, yeah. No, died within three days. That's no, the first no, case no, I've no, heard no, of, like, a healthy person dying like that. Oh, it's, you, read, you hear about this all, all the time. So... It's very important that everybody treat this with a very positive attitude and not be part of the problem, but be part of the solution. And that means wearing a mask and washing your hands and doing right. everything you have to do until further notice. It's just the way it has to be. Yeah. I mean, you can be a Democrat and Republican and play that crappy game, which is doing nothing but making everybody piss at each other's fans, right? Yeah. So it's like, just look at the reality of it. It's all right out there. False news, real news or not. Why are ICU beds jammed up in Florida? Why? Yeah. I mean, why now? It's because of the COVID. Yeah. Right? And other things happening too. The facts are out there. So without going too deep into it, you gotta take a serious attitude towards this and walk around thinking you're infected, so you're not infecting other people, and everybody you talk to is infected, which means you need to wear a mask and wash your hands and take care of it. Absolutely. That's it. The single dating life is not exactly the place to be right now. No. Let's put it that way. <laughs> There's a lot more to worry about, yeah, yeah, than than before. It's crazy. Yeah. It used to be S T D Used to be STDs and HPV, and now it's COVID nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> what are you kissing? Getting 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 breathed on. Breathe is that a word? Getting breathed on could be dangerous, and and kissing obviously. Um, that's crazy. And watching America, like so 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 coming from my perspective, I have two two things. So first of all, our airports are shut down, which sucks. So my business is open, but we have very limited customers because all of my customers are from outside of Thailand. <laughs> I built an international gym that caters to international clientele. So all my customers are from like Europe and America, every, everywhere but Thailand. Um, so we do have a lot of people still in Thailand that are training with us, but it is hurting us pretty bad. And we were shut down by the government mandated and we were in house, basically house arrest for like uh, quite a while. Um, but I, but I will say we did end the virus in Phuket. Like we, we have no coronavirus left in Phuket. We, we did clear it. And considering we had two uh, flights from Wu, China every day into Phuket during the beginning of the virus and up until the time we realized that we needed to like quarantine, which means there was plenty of people probably coming in with the virus. I would say that we did a really good job of ending it. Like what you're saying, wearing the mask. I mean, they were very strict on wearing the mask. They shut the roads down. Yeah. We, we couldn't even leave our neighborhoods. Like I couldn't even go to the gym. I couldn't go to my friend's house. We had to stay in our like districts. We couldn't move. We had to, you know, stay in the house. This this went on for like a couple months. They cleared everything. Um, but now it's like they don't want to let anyone else back in because we're clear. So it's like we're still suffering. But we did prove that we can contain it if you listen and just don't spread it and let, you know, heal the people that have it and don't continue to pass it on if you do. And uh, 
so yeah, and not, again, not getting too deep into it, but yeah, I hope it ends. I hope it ends for everybody, and you know, you're very fortunate that you're in a position where you can you can still work and 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 do good. There's so many people that are in unfortunate positions. You know, my gym too, and 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 you know, many people that are getting that are getting uh, in financial situations now because of all this, and it's just a. And I think I agree with you with the political stuff, and there's a lot of stuff attached to this. That's there's a lot to still to come. I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I think that what happened is it was going to happen is is that you're right. What you're saying is probably going to get worse before it gets better, especially economically. The economic effects of this are going to last for years, just from six months to 12 months. You know, I, <clears throat> I hope your gym is surviving because I know, you know, you need those rates coming in every month. You need those members paying. And I know how gyms work. You're a strong gym. You're a powerful gym. You certainly established. And I hope that you get through this. Is the government giving you loans? Like nope. they're giving here, but they don't even give loans. My my friend owns a Muay Thai center here in Manhattan Beach, and she couldn't even get a PPP loan. Yeah, what no, are they doing there not. for your business? Are they helping you at all? No, man. You know what? Um, the thing is, is it's tough, man. I'm 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 basically carrying the weight on my shoulders. Uh, we we've been we've been shut down. We were shut down for like three months, and then the fourth month we were allowed to be open, and now it's like very limited. So it's almost worse because we're open with no customers almost as worse as, than being shut with no customers. I mean, I haven't laid anybody off, but obviously the hours are cut, the expenses are down, there's no electricity, there's no food, yeah. there's no, there's a lot of bills, you know, that you don't have when you're closed. Now that we're open, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder, but uh, yeah, no, there's not, there's uh, for unemployment, not, yeah, unemployment, I think there's something. And then for, for staff that are getting their hours cut, the government was paying them some compensation where we would have to, we would cover some of the expenses and, and then the government would cover some as well. Um, but then I think the government's, right. uh, I don't know how they're, they're, they're doing financially, but it's, it's, it's not looking good. So yeah, long story short, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting any help from anyone as far as on my end, my, my, my expenses and whatever happens out of this thing is going to be 100% determined by my, myself. <laughs> it's great right. when things are going good, right. you, but, but you got to hold that weight when things are going bad. So this is one of those things I got to grin it and bear it and survive. Trust me, I know, and I've, I've owned many companies, and you know, the bottom line is you're the one that's got to do it all. But, you know, when you look ahead, um, not too personal a question, but, I mean, if this stays this way for 6 to 12 months, you know, you're going to be okay over yeah. there? Yeah, I'm going to be okay. You know, the good thing is, is I, you know, I prepare for the worst, and I, I luckily I had a successful business before this, a couple of them actually, uh, one here and one in America. And so I was able to do really well before before we got into this predicament. Uh, that being said, I always do prepare for the worst, but this was way worse than the worst. Like you could never ever imagine uh, a pandemic going around the world where the airports get shut down and like Thailand stops tourism from coming when it's its number one economic resource. You, you can't even fathom that being the worst. So no, I did not prepare for yeah. what, what we're experiencing, but thank God right. I had good business uh, since before and did okay that it's going to cover me. And yeah, we will survive and we will be okay, but it's going to hurt. You know, it, it hurts when you build business up and you're, you've been successful and you've made money and, you, and you've done good. And then now you have to lose some of what you've made because of something like this, because, and you haven't done anything wrong. I can't look back and say, oh, I made a huge mistake. And now I have no. to pay for it by losing some of this capital, some of this money that I've made. I'm just have to sit here and lose, you know, whatever it ends up being because of just this pandemic that I can't control. And that's the most frustrating part. Yeah. Well, you know, it, <clears throat> many people are facing that, but the benefit that you have, and you've already explained, you have been successful in business. When you were fighting, you were successful in business. You had your printing company, I remember. That's it, yep. Um, doing very, very well with that. You know, going into what you did over there, you've always been a fine entrepreneur, so you built the base, you know, 
to survive from. Nobody expected this. Yeah. This is uh, getting hit blindsided. This is the punch that you don't see that get that knocks you out. But it's all about, like Rocky said, getting up off the canvas, moving forward, and punching harder than ever. So my heart goes out to you and all that, as well as things that you know I, I see my own family members and other people suffering from. But it really goes out too a lot to the kids. I, I look at my twelve and fifteen year old boys now and yep. losing their age of innocence and. You know, interacting. I mean, social interaction amongst kids was suffering just from all the texting and not conversing and all that. Now it's even worse because they yeah. can't even see each other. And multi, you know, gaming eight hours a day is not exactly the answer to a growth, you know, mental growth period. Um, although it is fun, you know. And then little things, you know, the prom and uh, you know, dating, your first date, your first kiss, the loss of virginity, all these things that we all go through. Yeah, that build it's different us, now. Much less what the eight and the ten year olds are going through. Then you have the old elderly people who've worked their whole lives to live and travel and, and now, now they can't even do that. It's just the World War II generation has always been considered the strongest generation because they went through the depression, they went through World War II, whatever. We're going through a war now, but I don't know if the younger generations are going to become stronger as a result of it. Yeah. it. I think generations are getting weaker as we're moving forward as far as toughness and you know the way we grew up and the way they grow up. I'm not putting down the way it is. Everything changes. But um, it's going to be a handicapped generation that we're going to see on how they react and grow social skills, business skills, everything into the future. Why? Because this period we're going through right now, this lasts for a year or two, it's going to have a definitive effect. So we all have to be role models to our sphere of influence, lead by example, which in my country our government is not doing uh, or has not been doing to a degree. But as an individual, you need to be a role model. And, and preach and practice what you preach and lead by example. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm even trying to get gloves, masks, and other things to people that are in dire need, you know, working, you know, trying to move all that stuff around, whatever I can do to help the situation. So I hear you, man. We'll see. And I agree with you with the elderly people today. It's like you work so hard your whole life, and what elderly person doesn't want to be social? That, that's what you do when you grow old. Is you you get together, you play. I mean, my my great my grandparents and great grandparents played dominoes and hung out together, and it's like now they're getting you know isolated yeah. and quarantined in the last the, you know last years of their life, or it could be last months or days or whatever. But anyway, uh, definitely want to move away from that. That's such a negative talk, and, and we, we want to get out of this pandemic uh, discussion, but I want to talk about uh, going off of the entrepreneurship and the business like you were saying. You, my friend, are working on a bunch of things right now, and, and I was just about to ask you about one thing, which I'll get into in a minute, and then I find out today, or, or in, la in the last day, you got a new bourbon coming out, so uh, talk about yeah. that a little bit. Well, I have always wanted to have my own spirit line, shall we say, whether it was... Uh, you know, wine or beer or whatever. I am not a big drinker, but when I do have it, I enjoy a fine bourbon, right? Right. I enjoy the aftertaste, the sipping, the whole bit. And I was contact, I contacted these people who I had done another uh, deal through a totally unrelated situation. And I heard that they were in the business. So I, I met with them and I had been approached by another person to come out with my own uh, cachaça out of Brazil, which is a Brazilian rum. Mm -hmm. That deal didn't go through a, couple, a few years ago, and it was on its way, and I'm very happy it didn't. Because I met the right people. They are responsible for marketing and developing, you may remember, uh, Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo Tequila. Yep. And there's another brand called Skinny Girl that got really huge. That These are like $1,500 yeah. million dollar plus sale yeah. brands. So we got together, and they asked about me and my whole attitude towards life. I've always been out for the underdog, you know, right. it's like you're in a fight and you're uh, the odds are um, five to one 
against Mike Swick that he can win. Yeah. Well, I'm betting on Mike Swick, okay? Because I'll bet you, I'll bet on you every time anyway. But I don't bet fights. But if I was, I was gonna, I would bet on you. you. You're always been one of my favorites, Mike. Thank you, man. And aside, Mark, aside, Mark, friendship, right? So the underdog is always attitude that's really worked with me. I've gone up against the odds. I've been the small businessman, you know, going up against big companies. I always love the Rocky story, the fact that one punch can change the, the fight, one punch can change your life. That punch is reminiscent not just of a physical punch, but a mental punch, you know, positive attitude, whatever. So when they came to me, we, we talked about the bourbon, and then we came up with this great name, Puncher's Chance, right, which I love because it's all about what I just said. Right. And they went and they secured about 100,000 barrels of the finest, finest Kentucky bourbon, um, which is which is equal to probably 100,000 cases or more. And we're going to release um, probably 12, 12 about 15,000 cases this year. Oh, wow. And we haven't even released it yet. And half of them are already gone. Wow. They're already taken. So uh, it's it's incredible. I'll show you a picture of it that you can see it on the TV here. You know where one would look really good? Like right here behind me. It, it'd look really good oh, right yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, work, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, Mike. No I'll problem. Send you we'll work my on address. that. I only released this yesterday on my Instagram. You can follow me at Bruce Buffer UFC. Yeah. So but that's nice. It. Do you like it? Yeah. You like the name? Absolutely. That's really nice, yeah, man. It's really cool. Very excited about it. And it's all first class. The, the, the bottles are specially made in Europe, the glass, right? And this is one of the reasons we can only do 12, like about 15,000 cases this year because everything is first class. You know me, Mike. Yeah. Everything's of first class. I'm coming out with the best. Right. I don't want to come out with some twenty-four dollar run of the mill product. I want to come out with the best. And that's exactly what we spent two years developing until finally now be released in September. And I'll have a website up if you follow me on Instagram, um, at Bruce Buffer UFC where you can order direct and it'll be shipped anywhere you want. Wow. Because we're only gonna open it. we're only gonna open the United States for now. We're going international, but United States for now for, for the first six months. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, so this was kind of cryptic, but you um is it a cologne that you're doing? I mean, oh, obviously, it's, it has to do with the cologne, oh, and you're smelling cologne, and, and okay, you have the It's Time logo after, but it was still kind of cryptic with, like, to be announced soon yeah. kind of thing. I am coming out with my own cologne, the wow. It's Time cologne, along with facial products. Um, it's a big company out of England I'm working with. It's going to be international, and that will be released December, January. December this year, possibly before, but definitely by January. Another big announcement coming up is in September – I have my own line of energy products that will be coming out internationally, um, all over Europe, Brazil, America, and it's going to be an energy drink, energy bars, and energy shots, and all real super high quality. You know me, Mike. I'm all about good stuff. I'm not going to yeah. put crap in here that's going to hurt you. It's going to be good, healthy stuff to give you the punch that you want so that you can go out and take that puncher's chance. I'm trying to bring everything together, Mike. It's yeah. one, one nice stream ahead. But I'm very excited about that. I can't show you pictures of that product yet because we're still in development. Okay. But we will be released in September, and I'll have I'll have big announcers. Again, follow me on Instagram and social media at Twitter. All the announcements will be made there. Or just go to BruceBuffer.com. And I can vouch for that. I, mean, I love it because, it, you know, I've, I've, I've known you for a long time and things we've uh, done together and things you've worked on. And you are very, very, very picky. And that is the way I am. So it's like to work with me, like here in AK Thailand, you obviously see the gym and, and, and how it looks and every single detail down 
to the designs of the gloves and the bags and the color, you know, the color scheme of the, everything I'm so, so, so picky about. And you're the same way. And so it's like, I can vouch a hundred percent that whatever you put out there is going to be well thought out and the best it can possibly be. I can, I can, I can definitely vouch for that. And I, and I respect that a lot in you. I, I see, I see myself and you or you, you, you and me or whatever you mm-hmm. want to look at it. I put you above me, but, um, I, I see the same. Don't put me above. Don't, don't put me above you, Mike. We always respect Man, you each have other. been such an entrepreneur for so long. Come on now. Stop. I'll, I will get <laughs> there one day. the best we can do. And so I have to, I mean, since we're talking about, it, I have to assume you're probably doing your, um, your audio and video recordings is, I mean, it seems like you do everything. So don't tell me you stopped doing your audio and video recordings. No, as a matter of fact, because of the whole COVID thing, we were doing a lot and really busy before this, but um, the business has tripled. Okay. You know, I, I'm that on Cameo, sense. that popular that site where you get Cameo sense, videos. Yeah. But if you go to BruceBuffer.com, we started off by making these championship UFC style introductions that I do in audio and video. And people just, they flip out, the fans, when they get them. They make them very sure. inexpensive. We get partial proceeds to animal children and military charities. Awesome. Um, we'll also be giving partial proceeds of proper, excuse me, proper, listen to me, proper, <laughs> Puncher's Chance. I'll market it in the proper way. Let's put it that way. Um, Puncher's Chance is also going to be donating to, we're working on the charity we're going to work with now. But yeah, the, the videos, weddings have been canceled, but people right. are doing virtual weddings. I do a ton of weddings. I did a ton of graduation videos, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday introductions, birth of babies, um, you name it. The I get I get the craziest requests, and as long as they're classy and they're proper, I do. Right, them all, of course. You know, so either you can fill out a, a form at BruceBuffer.com to get your championship introduction and a video or audio, whatever your choice is, or send us what you're thinking about in a script, and my partner Kristen will respond, or someone in my office, and make sure you're all set, and we get them done. But yeah, it's been busy. I can't complain. Are people doing virtual weddings now, like getting married, like without crowds and stuff? I guess yeah, they have my, to, uh, right? My, my niece just had to have her um, shower on a virtual. She had a virtual shower. Wow! And she's getting married in August, but obviously a very small wedding distance. You know, she already postponed it once. They didn't want to postpone it again, but they did their shower or whatever the term is. The bachelorette party shower uh, is all virtual. Wow. Maybe they got to shut it off at some point. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. they're doing at that bachelorette party, but it's probably an on-off video. Who knows? Probably. Do you remember? Man, I want to say, I almost remember it was probably at the MGM Grand, but do you remember making that voicemail for me? You know, back in the old days when we talked on cell phones? Like, maybe you still do. I never talk on the phone. If you talk to me on the phone, it's a rare thing. Like, I'm texting audio messages. I'll talk sometimes but mostly it's audio messages and texts and emails all day long um but when we had voicemail and talked all the time do you remember leaving me that that voicemail message no i remember i made you a voicemail message for your phone yeah so so when people called me you answered you answered the phone when i when i didn't which i never did (laughs) i just let people go to you yeah i know (laughs) i remember doing that years ago yeah you still have that on your phone I, i don't even have a voicemail now I will say I had that through the rest of my UFC career, though. Like you answered my phone, for, you answered my voicemail for me uh, to anyone that, that called me, and I didn't pick up for the for the remainder of my UFC career from whatever we did that. I can't remember exact date we did that, but that was so awesome. So yeah, so I can see the attraction yeah, of having you announce for people. I can see why people would want to, like the fans would want that to be, uh, you know, obviously a part of their wedding or. Uh, some kind of like shout out or something like that. Yeah, they love it. You know, I don't really advertise and I might do a post, you know, a few times a month on my social media, but the word of mouth is so strong out there. I mean, the orders just come flying in. People get it. The thank you notes we get, 
you know, you know me, Mike, I love people and I actually get tears in my eyes because we're making everybody so happy. That's and cool. this is a, a period in our life that if I could bring happiness for a minute, Absolutely. a day, a second, then I want to do it. I want to pay it forward as much as I can. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. It's always good when you can, same with the gym here, you know, seeing people happy and the success stories is amazing. So moving on from that, I want to ask you, um, obviously this is probably a question I'd have to assume a lot of people have. What is it like when I see you? So you were in Abu Dhabi, you just got back from Abu Dhabi, but you only did a couple of the events. I think you did the Masvidal event and you did Qatar, right? Come Qatar. So, so mm -hmm. what is it like announcing and you and i will say i'll give you credit on this because you announce with the same enthusiasm and the same power when there's nobody in the audience is when it's twenty thousand people erupting loud what is it like to announce and not feel like you have to feel that that energy back when you announce what is it like to not have that i mean does, is accepting comedians like like doing like video shows and then they tell a joke and no one laughs and it's kind of weird you pull it off because yep. you're just so powerful. But like, what is it like for you when there's no like power and, and, and energy coming back? Well, it is a question that I get asked more than anything right now. And not no offense to your question, because I should be asked that more than anything. And the answer is I can still bring it. Okay. Because whenever I'm in the octagon, even when you're announced, you know, when I was announcing you back then, I'd, if you notice, I never took my eyes off you. It's yep. always me and you looking at me, looking into the eye of the tiger. Okay, so when I'm there, even if there's 20,000, 50,000, 10, whatever, people in the audience, and I love the crowds, okay, it's, it's the USC fans, mixed martial arts fans are amazing. I miss them, but the show must go on. So I've done so many movies and TV shows and the videos I do here, you know, in my office in front of green screens where I've got to, like, let it fly and maybe King Kong's behind me chasing me or I'm about to get killed by 300 Spartans or something like that, right? <laughs> So you take that attitude, I go in, as long as I'm looking into the eye of the tiger, the fighter, whoever he or she is, it's always just about me and them at that moment. It's, the mm -hmm. show's not about me. It's about me enhancing the moment for the fighters and the fans watching. So I bring the same attitude in, and I just I always block the audience out when they were there before. So all I'm doing is the same thing I always did. I'm blocking them out, and I'm getting in there to do what I have to do for you, for the fighter in hand. You know, And this is the moment we've all been waiting for. That's my job. So I go in and apply the same excitement. I was very, I'm very COVID conscious. I stop fist bumping and I throw an elbow. I always had a good elbow when I fought, but <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll forget and I'll throw the fist bump and I got to go back to my desk and Purell and, you know, run to the bathroom, wash my hands because yeah. that's what it's all about. You know, I got to be careful, but it's all good. And then strangely enough, as much as I love it without the fans there and me signing, you know, or taking 500 or more pictures a night and doing all that we do, keeping the fans entertained because it, to me, it's all about the fan experience. I want to give them the experience that they're paying for. And that's my job. Now I'm sitting at a six-foot desk, distance from everybody, relaxing, maybe playing a little poker in between fights on my phone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, with some of my friends. You know how I am about that. And getting ready for the next fight and listening to my director. And it's more relaxing. I'm yeah. actually enjoying the fights more. You know, I'm sitting there. It's like being in your living room and there's 10 people and two guys are fighting in the middle of the living room. And <laughs> you hear the thwacks and the bats and the bumps and... I again, Mike, everything in life, no matter what you come up against, if that's the way it is, you need to embrace it and make the most out of it. Right. I agree. Always 100%. hard. My life is making the most of it. <laughs> I, yeah. I try every day. Well, it's, it's Bruce Lee. You know, it's, it's become the, you know, when the become the cup, it's all about water. You know, the, you know, the whole theories. Yeah. Right. We have to adapt. We have to adapt. Got a beautiful studio there, by the way. It's probably the nicest studio I've ever seen. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's so awesome. Yeah. 
No, it's great. Well, it's I, I'm all about what you're all about, so I get with it. Aesthetics. You know? So you can imagine, you can imagine the time it took and how how tedious I was putting this together. And I and I literally, yeah, yeah, it was. It was I should have been a decorator, but uh, yeah, it's in my house too. So it's cool because like times like this, a lot of the people I talk to are in America. So it's, you know, it's like 12 a.m. right now. So, and I'm on a weird schedule anyway. So it's perfect being in my house where I can just come in here, have the studio set up, and then I can just knock out, you know, interviews at 12, 1, 2 a.m. early in the morning, not have to worry about driving somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes it's last minute too. I'll get like a big, you know, podcast and I can only do it within like an hour or two. So I got to get in here fast and knock it out. Same here. Welcome to my office. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it comes in handy for sure. Hey guys, I just want to take a second to thank our sponsor, AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand, my baby. Uh, we are open. Uh, the flights, not so much. So you can't come. You can't come to my gym right now, but you will soon. And the flights will open any day now. Um, we are doing a reopen special as of right now. Um, so during the taping of this particular podcast, we're doing a reopen special for 30% discount. For those of you in quarantine, we're getting a lot of messages. You're trying to come and you're wanting to come and you're waiting for the flights to open up to get out of your houses for the first time in four months, five months, six months, maybe not six months, five months going on five months um, and get to a place that uh, is amazing, like Thailand, a place that is economically friendly, that has great food, that's uh, low stress, beautiful beaches, beautiful animals, fun environment, awesome training at the world's best gym. So we, again, are doing a 30% off special at akthailand.com. Go to akthailand.com. Everything's completely set up, all group training, 30% discounted as of right now. Don't know when the sale is going to end, and depending on when you're watching this podcast or listening to it, it might have already ended. Sorry about that. This is for uh, people who are in quarantine right now who can't come, and uh, we're just giving uh, you guys a break so that when you do finally come, and after taking this huge hit financially from the, the pandemic, we're trying to help you guys out and, uh, and get you here as fast as possible. So uh, those of you who haven't seen the gym and don't know what I'm talking about, here's the commercial. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So going back on the whole thing of you being locked in on the fighters, I have to ask you the second most asked question you've probably been asked. Um, but up until this point, um, considering you are so locked in on the fighters when you announce them, what is the most memorable announcement you've ever made? And it doesn't have to be like you're saying it's the best fighter or the most important fighter or anything like that. But what's the most memorable where you were just like, like you'll never forget that moment, be it because it's who it was or the situation or what, whatever. Like what, what is the most memorable fight announcement you've made? Well, actually, Mike, there's been so many I've probably forgotten. 
more than I can remember. I can only give you examples of a couple. I can't tell you the most exciting. You know, sure, when I did the 360 in front of Brock Lesnar announcing him at UFC 100, that was very exciting for yeah. me to pull that off after all the buildup and fanfare from Rogan, Joe Rogan and the fans over six months on the internet. And, you know, realizing when I came out of the corner of Frank Mir after announcing him, walking over to that monster Brock Lesnar, and I yeah. left side of my brain said to the right side of my brain, if I don't pull a 360 off right now, I'm going to be the bitch of the internet on Monday <laughs> on the forums, <laughs> right? So it came off, and, and pardon my English, but it came off and uh, it, it worked out really well, and that was a memorable moment. And there was one time with Randy Couture, I, it was in Portland, Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was fighting Nogueira, I forget. I gave Nogueira a big bounce, and then I went over to um, – Randy and Randy a couple weeks before we were in an airport together and he said to me, you know, Buff, I, this may be my last fight. Right. And I thought, wow, the great Randy Couture, you know, this is his last fight. And I did something I've never done for anybody. And I announced him and then I got down on one knee and I to him like he was royalty. Wow. Right. And that was a very uh, emotional and memorable moment for me, for all my experiences with Randy Couture, who I think personally is one of the greatest role models in UFC and mixed martial arts history. Not just the way he handled himself inside fighting, but also the way he handled himself outside the octagon. Because to be a great role model, it's not about just how well you fight. It's about how you handle yourself outside. And we've seen people grow to great star status and then ruin their star status Absolutely. doing stupid, illegal stuff. Right? I'm not going to mention any names. And losing respect to. <laughs> with half their countrymen or whatever the case might be. Yeah. And that they still go on to riches because half the people want to see them lose and half the people want to see them win. But yeah. half the people, not everybody views that those individuals as role models, right? right? So I think living in the society that we live in now, which is kind of here in America, a decaying society of morality, I am very big on, on people that really handle themselves well in and out of the octagon. And um, other, other announcements, you know, Chuck Liddell, when I knew it was going to be like his last fight or had a feeling for it, you know, these are, these are things that mean a lot to me because I get to create great relationships and friendships with the fighters as you and I have done. And maybe not many with as much as we've done, but when I see them and I see all they put into it, putting their blood, sweat, and tears on the line and, and realizing everything it means to them, I get emotional over that too. And yeah. it means a lot to me. And that's why I want to enhance those moments as much as I can. I could go back and give you another 10 different of analysis, course. Mike, but it's impossible to say one is above everything. It really is. Yeah, I'm looking at it from such a simple perspective of like, you know, just a couple of big fights you know, the, the, that are out there and, and you were in the center of the octagon for, but, uh, I can imagine you've done so many and you have so many, you know, you're, yeah, you, you base it on so many different things. It, it's, it's not the same as everybody else when you do it every single, you know, every UFC events, you know, yeah. however many fights a, an event, that's a lot for you. You know, it takes a lot to, to wow you probably. Well, you got to think about it too, Mike. There's like, we're at UFC 250, whatever, 52, 53 coming up, part 252. I think so. I, I, I think so. <laughs> so so you, got, you got that and you've got, you got twice as many fight night shows. So you, let's say you're talking about, I probably announced at least 800 shows, UFCs alone, right? Yeah. And there's always an average of 12 fights a show. That's so that's, many. That's almost 10,000 fights, Mike. It's going to be very hard for me to remember. I've done this for 25 years, almost, come next February. So, you know, I can even go back go back to Bombay, Anoki's event, 2003, in Kobe, Japan, and announcing Fedor that night, and, and a 205-pound uh, uh, Overeem <laughs> walking yeah. in, right, with his big hammer and all. There's so many great nights and so many memories. I'm so lucky to yeah. have, you know, been 
involved in the sport basically from its inception to a large extent. Now, now that you mentioned 10,000 fights, I feel stupid for asking that question. <laughs> I was no, ex- no. I was expecting like a Connor, like a Connor card or something when the place was going crazy or something like that. Well, you know, Connor McGregor has that it factor that, you know, when he walks in, it, it definitely draws attention, right? Yeah. And there was a period there where he's on such an upswing. And I know his fight against Cerrone was quick that happened recently. And whether we see Connor walk back in or not, but when Connor walks in, it's, it's, it's definitely a monumental moment. For sure. Right? Everybody's watching. The question would be, does Connor want to fight when there's not 20,000 or more fans in the audience? It'd be interesting to see him walk into an empty arena that's happening right now. Some fighters, True. I think, need that. And, and Connor's one of those fighters that I think needs that. You know, not that he can't do it without it. I'm sure he can turn to no matter what. But, um, you know, we got we, we just heard now they made the fight between uh, Habib and just you, yeah. Justin Gaethje. And, oh, listen, I know I know how you are fighting. Yeah. Tell me that fight doesn't excite the hell out of you. Yeah. Right? It scares me. It, it is scary. Justin Gaethje is a scary individual. Khabib's my teammate. And, and, you know, I've said this before when they were trying to make the Ferguson fight 57 times. I just gave a happy birthday to Dana, and I was like, you know, he, the hardest worker in the room and the greatest promoter ever. But he did – he did uh, he forgot here. He, he couldn't make it one fight. He almost made every fight that the fans wanted to see. And I had a picture of him with the Ferguson Khabib signed behind him. Um, that was the fight he never made. Yeah, but you know, even yeah. even when Khabib was fighting or was supposed to fight Ferguson, I always said, I always said at the time of, of Khabib fighting Ferguson, I always said Gaethje was going to be the toughest fight, like the toughest stylistic match. So I think it's going to be an exciting, amazing fight for the fans. But being his teammate, I also know it's a dangerous fight because. Because Gaethje is a dangerous fighter. I mean, you know, he he throws from all over. So Khabib's going to have to have his A game, and and it's going to be a big uh, factor him coming back after the loss of his father, unfortunately. And you know, that can be a powerful thing that can that can that can make him into a, a freaking a bigger beast, or it could be something that could hinder him. We don't know. You know, it's going to be something that time will have to tell. I think the power of his belief, his religion. You know, I think the power of the individual that Habib is, who I happen to like very much, I think he's a very cool individual, very cool cat. Sure, he lost his switch that night with Connor. It all came, you know, and it, and it was, I'm not condoning it, it was wrong. But, of course, yeah. Um, aside from that, yeah, it's unfortunate. But aside from that, I mean, I think he, I, I like Habib a lot. And I think his mental makeup, he will be very strong. I think if so. If anything, too. fighting for his father, fighting for his beliefs. And um, we'll see what happens. Gaethje has definitely the chance to become a champion, but Gaethje's kind of like the gate holder. He's kind of the person, or is the type of individual, that you can look at certain fighters in boxing, like Ernie Shavers, who is the hardest-hitting heavyweight ever, by many people's uh, opinions in the heavyweight division of boxing, fighting Muhammad Ali, you name it. Everybody had to go through this guy. Yeah. And he he was just tough. He was, he was a Gaethje. He was tough as nails. Yeah. Everybody had to go through him. And he easily could have become a champion, could have become a champion. That's how I look at Gaethje. It's like he's the gatekeeper, but he doesn't hold the key to the gate. He's going for the key to the gate. Yeah. But you got to get through him. Yeah. I would love to see Gaethje fight Connor. I think all of us would love to see oh, that fight. Yeah. But right now, I'm very, very excited about this fight. Very excited. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see Gaethje make retirement money on one outing in the octagon. Because if it's like Nate and the others have received fighting powerhouses like Connor and now Habib with his popularity, we're talking millions of dollars, yeah. hopefully, in the end run. I want all you guys to make millions of dollars. I want the undercard to make a million dollars. Yeah, and I agree with you. And and these guys deserve it. You know, guys like Gage, who's put on the line so many times, taken so many lumps, fought the way he's fought. He he, he deserves that kind of money, you know? So it, it's good for him that he's getting a big payday um, and a chance to, to be, I mean, geez, if he's the guy that beats Khabib, 
that's a that's a huge feat for him. I mean, he he you know he he would have done something that no one's ever been able to do. So it, it's a win win for him. It's a win win. Um, Abib might be the only person to ever retire undefeated in the yeah, octagon. I think that's going to happen uh, very potentially. You know, I think it probably could happen, um, or could happen definitely. Gaethje winning the belt, much less putting on a great performance, and you know, if he doesn't win the belt, Gaethje's like a people's champion. Yeah, the common man, the average man, relates very well to Gaethje, and people. When I say I mean that with all respect, absolutely, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Mid America, you know, all the different demographics. I think everybody can relate to Gaethje, but he's. I look at him as a people's champion. I really do. If the, if it happens, I can see him being labeled that. Yeah, I, I, and I'd I be totally the first one to say it. No, I, I I totally agree with you. And and going back to the boxing talk, uh, now it's announced that Mike Tyson's fighting Roy Jones Jr., which actually was in the works back in early two thousands. And I think I think from what uh, I heard, the rumor was that Roy Jones walked away from a guaranteed forty million dollars to fight him back then. Now they're doing an exhibition. Um, two questions: What do you think about that fight and that matchup, and it being an exhibition, which is a little bit different? And then, are we going to see Michael Buffer announce that? Well, um, first off. I don't really see Roy walking away from forty million. I'm sure there's more to that story than we Yeah, know. I, I thought so Second too. Second off, I mean, who walks away from forty million dollars? Okay, that's what they say. Um, and remember, remember, Roy Jones defeated John Ruiz, who de- who defeated Evander Holyfield, who defeated Mike Tyson twice. Huh? Roy Jones Jr. has fought as a heavyweight. Roy Jones has also said that if it gets past the first round, Tyson's all him because of Roy's conditioning. No matter what, we're looking at two individuals over the age of fifty. Right now, I'm sixty three. I would have no qualms about getting in and going toe-to-toe with somebody right now in an exhibition. I actually probably would really enjoy it. I'll probably hurt like hell afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> at 50-some, realizing the power that Mike Tyson has, oh, everything yeah. else, I will all watch. But like George Foreman said this week, he said, yes, we'll all watch. But in so many words, he said, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Yes. I'm worried about somebody getting hurt. You can call it an exhibition all day long. Right. Mike Tyson's mentality. And I've known Mike for years. And by my guesstimate in Mike's mentality is there is no such thing as an exhibition. No. The bell rings no, and no, punches no. get thrown. Absolutely. Right. You can call it whatever the hell you want. It's a fight. or You know, in MMA, we fight. In boxing, they box. All right. But still, we can call it a fight. OK. Um, so we'll see what happens. And answer your question about Michael. Michael's on an exclusive contract with the zone and matchroom boxing. And this fight will happen, I think, October, November. I'm not sure when it's going to happen. So that remains to be seen. Might it be me? Who knows? Wow. I mean, it depends on the promoters. I mean, if Dana White's involved with it at all. You know, I know Dana's very close with Mike. Yep. Very you know, who knows? Whatever it's going to be, um, hopefully the announcer brings a flavor to it. But the bottom line is we're all going to tune in to see Mike Tyson. To see Roy Jones, right? No, no offense to your brother, I, you know, you are my favorite announcer ever. I just, I said Michael because he's done the boxing Maybe. side so many times. Um, but uh, yeah, the thing is, he's the legend. He's he's the, he's boxer. the greatest announcer of all time. I'll be personal to say it. I think I, you, well, just, to I'm me, you are. My, you know, Michael Buffer's never <laughs> fist bumped me before. I've knocked somebody out. So that's that's the difference. <laughs> that's the big difference there. Got I'm biased. I got you. But I will say in the Jones. I'm a, little more, I'm a little more passionate when I do stuff. I'm very passionate. Yes, you are. And I, and I want to say in the Jones fight, like the thing is with that, it's so crazy, is these are two guys that were two of my favorite fighters, like in, in at different times and for different reasons, but like literally two of my favorite fighters, like and a big like uh, influence in my career. Like you see my fights and how I try to knock out people fast. These are two of the guys that gave me that inspiration 
to, to, to fight like I fight, you know, or fought and, and like I'm still fighting how I used to fight and try to knock people out so fast. Um, and I can see Roy Jones, since he's only been retired for a year and a half, have that that energy and that speed and, and, and the you know experience and, and not that long layoff to come in there and do some some interesting things and be fast and land some good shots. And even if he knocked Mike out, I think it would be like a stumble and a knockdown and you know whatever. It'd be like a normal knockout, I would feel. That's that's how I would predict if he knocked Mike out. But Mike, if Mike knocks out Roy Jones, I think if Mike hits any guy over fifty years old at that kind of power, he could kill somebody. Like, I, I'm literally concerned for his life. Like, I'm talking about Roy Jones. Like, that is an unbelievable amount of power. And he's shown that just as of, like, a couple of weeks ago on, on the pads. It's yeah, crazy yeah. to me. It's, it's devastating. And, you know, Mike is still a pit bull of strength. He is just one big, solid 230-pound, whatever he walks around at, uh, muscle. It's crazy. And um, very sinewy, you know, intense muscle. Every time Michael sees me, Mike sees me when when he sees me, he gives me a hug. Right? I don't know what happened. He headbutts me every time he says hi to me. There's one time, it, you know, I caught a little headbutt from him, just you know, like bro hug. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, I saw stars. It's like now when I see him, I'm like this. <laughs> I don't want to catch that. That's so funny. He's a strong individual. Interesting. You know, I we'll see. But I mean, who in the heck is not going to watch this? Of course. And like seriously. I think you said it the best, and if they sell the fight like with what you said, which I agree a hundred percent, it's going to be you know it'll relieve any doubt of this whole exhibition thing because I think even in a sparring session, if I was if I was sparring Mike Tyson and I hit him, it ain't a sparring session anymore. You're absolutely right. This is a different type of fighter. This this is a guy who's, I mean, he is ferocious, he is self-proclaimed and a hundred percent accurate. He is absolutely ferocious. So there's no such thing as an exhibition where it's like, it's no. not going to be maybe as hard as a real, uh, no, no. He, when, when Roy Jones hits him, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. It's not in Mike's mentality. And in the old days when he was fighting as a professional, I mean, he was knocking out sparring partners left and right, absolutely. going through them yep. left and right. That mentality, look, as you get older, you might lose your speed, but you don't lose your power usually, right? But as you get older, your mental outlook, your fighter mentality is still the same. What's going to change? Maybe you're even angrier. Who knows? So we'll see. We'll see. But again, it's Mike Tyson, man. We're all yeah. going to watch. Yeah, we're 100% going to watch. I'm going to get him on this podcast. I, I, I'm, that's my, that's, my, that's my, next, my next goal is to get him on this podcast to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I, yeah i'm actually i'm actually going to work on trying to get him on mine too yeah mike's mike's a character he's character awesome man. i love watching his podcast who would have ever thought he would have a great podcast he is so open and honest it's unbelievable like how open and honest he is he just he, doesn't care what he says it's so cool well you know you smoke you smoke 10 joints before noon you're not going <laughs> to care too. what you say you know <laughs> but at the same time all respect to mike um, Mike's a very, very intelligent individual. He's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to boxing. Absolutely. He holds the conversation very well. Um, you don't want to get him mad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At the same time, yeah, he's an interesting cat. His podcast taken off. Michael was on his podcast and they had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm catching up on all of them right now. I've been, I've been watching like one a night for like the last, like for, I can't even remember how long, just all these different ones that he's doing. Is he huffing and puffing every cast? Every one he does? Yeah, pretty much. And he's laid back. But like you <laughs> said, like he seems like he's really high and kicked back and chill and not super vocal about things. But when it comes to like, they mention a boxer, he knows where he trained, uh, his history, who he fought, like like he like you said, he knows every detail. Like when it comes to boxing and anything that has to do with his life and his sport, 
he is literally what you said in the encyclopedia. It's unbelievable. Totally. He's so smart. Totally. Just because he's angry and said some things to reporters and, 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 you know, had that controversy, people just automatically assume this guy may not be smart or he might just be quick-tempered and, and, and that, that affects his intelligence. He's an intelligent guy. Like, he really is an intelligent guy. Very much so, my friend. Very much so. Yeah. Totally. And it sounds like he's trying to get into business now and doing a lot. Well, he's been into business, but I mean, even more into business and doing a lot of things he's got on the horizon. So that's cool, well, too. One of the cool things he has that I had Michael, Dana called me up and arranged this with me. And then Craig Pelagian, who produces The Ultimate uh, Fighter, they're doing a show where Tyson versus Jaws. And it's going to be on Shark Week on Discovery Channel, I think August 8th. And Tyson went down to the Bahamas to go underwater and fight a tiger shark. Oh, wow. And Michael announced it. Yeah, so check that out on Shark Week oh on Discovery. That's one of the cool things he did recently imagine. that we were involved with. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's something I cool. I can't tell you much more. I that's know enough. who wins, but I'm not going to give it away. That's yeah. enough to get me interested. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch that. When is that coming on again? Uh, August. I think check uh, Shark Week Discovery Channel. I think August 8th is when the show airs. Sick. Wow, that's awesome. So I was going to ask you really fast. So you've traveled so many times uh, for the UFC all over the world. Obviously, you've done many events and everything. How was it different going to Abu Dhabi with this COVID thing? Like, like what were the big differences of that for you traveling and the quarantines and the tests and the, the separation with the fighters, separation with everything, and then having the fear of, of catching it itself? Well, when they first were talking to go to going to Tachi Palace in April, I was hesitant because we were just at the peak of everything. And I was happy the show got canceled, to be honest with you. Then in May, when they announced the three fights in Jacksonville, again, I was hesitant because I did not want to get on an airplane. I did not want to fly across country, especially to one of the hot spots in the world of Florida. But the way the UNC handled it with all their safety and protocol place that Dana and the medical team, the powers that be have put in place, it's amazing. But it's, it's trying, right? So let, like, here's my thing. When I went to um, Otaik Abu Dhabi, I had to go to Vegas, which I drove. And then I got tested and I had to quarantine myself for 24 hours. Wow. A number of people tested positive that trip that were there, people I saw in the lobby. Um, I'm very careful with gloves and masks and glasses, everything. I'm very, very careful. Um, I tested clean, go to Abu Dhabi on a, a private commercial jet that flew us all with Dana and Etihad Jet um, with the same crew that flew us back. And they arranged all this. We're all in mass. We land, we get tested have to quarantine for 24 hours, cannot leave the room. Everybody at the hotel delivering our food and, and brown paper boxes or whatever um, are in hazmat suits, wow. right? Walking around, fully full hazmat suits, checking in, full hazmat suits, knocking on the door, do you need towels, full hazmat suit, do you need, here's your food, good, leave it at the door, thank you, bye-bye, pick it up, bring it in, kind of like, kind of like a prisoner, you know, going in and getting their food. Yeah. Get tested again the next day and quarantine for another 24 hours. So three tests and 72 hours of quarantine leading up to a show that happened three days later on Fight Island where we're quarantined in a certain safe zone where there's not much to do, although we're in a beautiful – I got a suite. you know, got a beautiful suite in the W Hotel. But luckily, we didn't break any furniture working out on everything I possibly could. Right. Go down to the gym, <laughs> and, and which I didn't want to go into, but all the 20-pound to 45, 50-pound dumbbells were taken. Oh. which was crazy. I was there for two weeks and now I don't have, you know, workout material. So I'm doing planks and push-ups and step-ups and everything I can do. Cause I, you know, I want to get an hour or more hard workout in every day. Found out that one individual in the hotel, I won't mention names, went down and confiscated all the barbells for their own personal use the whole time we were there. Oh, wow. 
I won't mention any names. <laughs> but um, oh, no. with that being said, look, we're sequestered in a beautiful W hotel. We're on a beautiful island. There's an F1 Formula One racetrack outside. You can you can pay to get ridden around in a car. You can go for a bike ride around the track. You can take a walk down to Five Island. But what I did was the shows were um, at 2 and 3 in the morning. Yeah. So I had to stay on U.S. time. Now, I'm sleeping during the day and staying awake all night. Yeah, to try and do that. So it was an experience. Is it the same as normal? Far from it. I get it's the twilight zone, man. Yeah, but embrace it and make the most out of it. I remember after uh, Rose Namajunas' fight, Pat Berry uh, and her came back to the hospital, and this guy's walking up to me in a hazmat suit. I have no idea who it is. They're getting close. I'm like, hey, 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 right? Stay away. And he reaches up and it's Pat Berry. Oh, right? wow. Hey, Buff, I just want to say hi. Okay, okay, well, hi. <laughs> and he goes, there's Rose. And Rose is down the way, and she's blowing kisses to me and waving at me <laughs> in a full hazmat suit. I mean, yeah. I didn't even see her. She's just in a full hazmat Because when they went to the hospital, they had to get full hazmat suits. Yeah. They're very, very careful. And it's very, very different. But it is but it is what it is. You know, show must go on, and the shows are looking great. Yeah. I mean, they did what he said he was going to do. He kept the show going, and that's for sure. Show must always go on, my friend. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and before this you go, I got to ask you about your poker, man. Have you done? I, I saw recently you had a good uh, poker run. What is the updates in your poker, uh, your poker playing? Because you know me and you played a lot, so obviously that's a big part of our yeah. past. Uh, what, what's well, the updates? I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for Poker Stars. I had them for a year. They were sponsoring the UFC, and they not with UFC anymore, but they renewed my contract, so I'm still a sponsor for them. Where I'll go to their big tournaments and play, but there are no tournaments right now. Yeah. So I'll do, you know, promotional advertising and stuff for them and online. So I'm playing online. And um, I will say that, you know, with all the free time that we have during COVID, I've been playing a lot of poker online. I won't say I've been winning lately because, you know, those <laughs> tournament entries really add up, as we both know. Yeah. But it's almost therapeutic for me. And all we got to do is win. I mean, I, I, I banged out and won a couple of them. And you get that big payday and then you got more entries and entries and yeah, entries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, win or lose, and I'm right at the border point, one, one, uh, one, one tournament, and you know we're thousands ahead. But it's more therapeutic for me now. Yeah. Thank God we have online poker. Yeah. I mean, I turn on the TV, and I've already seen every movie known to man. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's still there. But I have a poker room in my house. I, went, I moved to a new home a few years ago, and I'd have games once a month, and those aren't happening. And I honestly don't see playing live poker with people at a table for at least six months or more. Have you been doing the World Series up until the COVID thing? No, because I'm in California and I can't access the sites. Um, you know, here in California, you can play like on Global Poker and a couple others, but the World Series of Poker and wherever they had the World Series events, I couldn't access. Um, I'd have to go to Vegas and yeah. so you don't play them there. Huh. Yeah. I haven't played since I think 2010 was my last main event. That was like a, a good yeah. year for me. And then that was it. And then I've been pretty much building a gym in Thailand, missing June, <laughs> June and July every year since then. I think 2014, 2000, what was your main, last main event? When? 2010, I, I, I did a, um, I did a 1500 buy. No, and I won 35,000. Yeah, I got 10th. That was my big one. And then, and I did the main event and I busted yeah. out in the first day. And of course a bunch of yeah, small ones. You bubbled the final table on that one event. I, I bubbled that. the final table. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was so sick. I know it's sick, but that was a great achievement by yourself. That was amazing that you went that far. And my last, my last World Series is, um, I think it's about 2014, 2000. I haven't been able to play for five years, and I made it to day five. Came in 478 out of 8,500 people, nice. won my 28 grand. And uh, I went out with aces on the button. Ugh. Um, and I went out with aces and eights, the dead man's hand. Uh, the guy raised, and I re-raised, and then the flop came uh, eight, ten, eight. Or it was rather. Uh, 
yeah, eight ten eight, and he checked and I raised and he called after being in the tank thinking for about a minute, and then a king hit the turn. Obviously, he didn't have ace king or kings the way he was playing, so he checked to me. I bet out again, and then he tanked for three minutes and then pushed it all in. He had more chips than me, wow. and I'm thinking, wow, what has he got? Did he land the set, you know, the yeah, eights or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I had to call Mike because I was in the top 10% of chip leaders for five days, yeah. right? Going into this last hand before the first break on day five. Now there's about 1.3 million chips in the pot. If I win this, I'm in the top 10. Wow. I had to call. Yeah, of course. He flopped quad eights. Oh, flopped quad eights. God, what a beat is that? Crazy. But, you know, it's okay. And then I went back home and uh, the Hustler Casino that you know here in L.A. two weeks later had their – Main event Grand Slam series. I went in and against fifteen hundred players, and I got first and won seventy five thousand two weeks later. So yeah, I, I think had a big that's what I saw. That's, all, that's so, but it's not World Series of Poker chips. I wanted to win the World Series yeah, of Poker. Who me doesn't? too. You know? Twenty five, twenty five hundred and something players. I, and and I had ju- I was kind of uh, I was kind of uh, you know bitter. I just I just busted out of something bigger, and I threw in fifteen hundred because you know they would buy us in if if we wanted to. But I I bought in for my own money. Uh, I bought in for fifteen hundred and a no limit hold'em, twenty five hundred plus players. Uh, played all the way through day two, 10 players left. So that it was down to one table, even though it wasn't the final table, obviously, you know. And then they're waiting on that one person yeah. to get kicked out, and they're going to go to the final table. And I'm, like, kind of in the middle. I was not I was kind of middle-low stack. So I'm sitting here like, I can't believe this is happening. Two days of playing, 2,500 players, 660,000 first place, and there's 10 players left, and I'm doing okay. I'm in the small blind. It goes all – so I, I'm in the small blind. I look down, I see ace-king offsuit. Like, how much better does it get than that? So now I'm hoping nobody calls, nobody raises. Nobody's going to call anyway. Nobody raises. Nobody comes in strong. Nobody pushes. And then it comes down to me in the big blind, who's the chip leader at the time, is going to call me no matter what. Every single person at the table folds. It comes down to me in the big blind. I push with ace-king off suit. He turns over aces. That, my friend, was how I, I bubbled the final table. I turned over ace-king, and he turned over aces. It was a 50-50. There were only two of us in the hand. I'd never been so bitter at losing $35,000 in my entire life. Like, I was so sick. So sick. I, I think know, I would have got you know, 60 if I had so a stay. so sick. And, look, you, you're a fighter. And my dad always taught me, win like you're used to it and lose it like it doesn't bother you, right? Well, it always <laughs> no. bothers you a little bit, okay? And, and I, know, I know that feeling. Um, and it probably still bothers you to think about it today, but it's like so much went into your getting to that 10th position yeah, and then it's gone in a second and it's like, holy, oh man. In a perfect scenario. I know that feeling very, very well. I'm just saying in a perfect scenario, the whole table folded. Like it was like, it was, it was, it was made for me to double up on the chip leader, which would have put me at the upper end of the chip lead, you know, and, and he was going to go, he was probably going to, you know, call me or push with anything uh or call me with anything uh and then i pushed with ace king and it was like everything was set up for me to win and then aces like how like the chances of that are so uh, i mean it happens all the time but it's just yeah that was, my, <laughs> it was so sick we played poker so long we've seen every case scenario there is and i'm not really a big talker about bad beats but you can't help especially ones that are so memorable as you know yeah. as the ones we just talked about but it's poker man it's poker that's, that's five minutes to learn and a lifetime to master, as Mike Sexton says. Very, very true statement. We've had amazing cash games together. We've had amazing tournaments together. We played online for several years together. So it's been great playing with you as much as we have. And it sucks we don't get to play anymore. And I'm, not, and I'm bitter now since uh, online poker shut down 
back when it did. So I haven't played online poker. I play cash games when I can, but yeah, I haven't done much online playing. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty done with it. Yeah, that's okay. Keep it that way. You know, listen, it's all about watching after your money these days, not letting it go out the door. Right? Yeah. So it's all good. I think you came to the opening of my poker uh, room at the Luxor Lux Hotel. Were you yeah. there that night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just posted that on Instagram because it's a 10 year anniversary. When yeah. That yeah. 10 years ago. The Bruce Buffer High Stakes Poker Room. Yeah, there's only been like six people in, in ever have had poker rooms named after them in Las Vegas, and I'm kind of still blown away that I'm one of them. You're there <laughs> with like out. Doyle's room. Yeah, it's very cool. I wish I had the cases of merchandise, the, the glasses and everything we had there. I know they're sitting around somewhere, but I can't find them. It's so cool. Well, I know, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, I, I, listen, man, I really appreciate you taking the time out for doing this podcast for me. Um, it's amazing to catch up with yeah. you. I haven't talked to you in a long time. You've been so busy. I've been so busy. I've been out of touch and, uh, it's great to catch up with you. I appreciate you being on the podcast and we will have to meet up eventually when I get, well, when the COVID is over, obviously. And then I get back and, and get to one of these events and, and hopefully we can play some poker again soon. Very cool. I'd like to have you on my podcast too, Mike. I'll, I'll do a podcast anytime you want, Bruce. Just let me know. All right, I'll get back to you. I'll give you a couple of days notice and see if you're free. I'd love to have you on. I want to hear about you know all that you've done there. And we can talk about a lot of the same things too because it's nice to hear the take on everything happening from somebody else in the world that all UFC fans respect. Absolutely. Such as yourself. Thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate yeah. it, Bruce. It's been great talking to you as always. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. You got it, Mike. Stay safe, stay sane. And uh, listen, much love, much brotherly love coming at you, brother. We've been through a lot of things in life together. And our friendship is forever, and I thank you so much for having me on the show. Much love back, Bruce. Talk to you soon. Cheers, champ. All right, there we have it. Bruce Buffer, the voice of the Octagon, my poker buddy, and a man who is a very serious entrepreneur. This guy is doing everything. I don't know how he sleeps. He's doing. He's, he's launching bourbon. He's doing his video and audio messages. He's launching a cologne uh, he's flying all around the world doing the UFCs. The guy's missed probably 10 UFCs since the beginning. Like he said, like 10,000 uh, uh, fights, you know, 800 cards, however many cards he's done. It's crazy. So it was great catching up with him today. I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's always been fun talking to him and playing poker with him. And and uh, it brings me back to my career. You know, some of the, the, the craziest uh, – I guess butterflies and feelings I've had in my stomach has been when he's announced me. You know, this this is the man that's announcing me to the world when I'm about to fight another man, what seems like to the death for my career, you know? So um, it's a very impactful voice he has and, and job when it, when you're a fighter, you know, that, that voice and his introduction is so powerful. You, you dream about it when you're leading into fights, hearing him announce you and hope that he's also announcing you as the winner afterwards. Um, that's obviously what you hope for the most. Um, but also having him as a friend is really cool, and, and he's a great guy. He's always been very loyal, very supportive, uh, and very good to me, and, and I hope I've done the same back. So great talking to Bruce. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment if you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, if you're on the audio platform, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, you can subscribe there as well. Let us know what you think. And we will see you next time.